Jesus asked his followers, who do people say that I am? And they said, oh, some say you're like Jeremiah, a prophet to tell us the future, what God's going to do. And some said, Elijah, a miracle worker, a healer, a miracle man. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Some people now say, yes, well, he was a man in history, but I don't think he was God. Some say, yes, well, he had great inspirational teachings. He was a great teacher, but that's all he was. C.S. Lewis said, a man who was merely a man and said the things that Jesus said is either a lunatic on the same par as a man who believes he's a poached egg or perhaps a devil from hell. Either this man Jesus was and is the son of God or he's a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit on him, kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God, C.S. Lewis says, let's not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He did not leave that open to us. He did not intend to. Jesus made claims, outrageous claims about who he is. And if they are true, then everything changes. The impact in our life is complete. It's life shattering and putting back together again. It changes our nature. It changes every facet of our lives. If what he said was true, if he is not a liar or a lunatic, he is the Lord. Jesus said about himself, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. When we want to stay alive, we eat food. He said when we want to stay alive spiritually, we live in Him. He is our bread, our sustenance, our common bread for every day, not cake for birthdays, our bread for lunch and breakfast and dinner, our companion at every table. When you're alone, and when you're with others. He's the sustainer of every day, of everything that we are. He said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. That's outrageous. I am the light of the world. Where there is darkness, he brings light. Where there is mourning and grieving. He brings comfort and hope where there's chaos. He brings peace, the light of all knowledge, the light of all understanding. He says it's from him. The light in a mother's eyes when she sees her baby born in that first moment. He says that light's from him. The lightness of heart when a couple in love say their vows, they're getting married. That's from Jesus. Every part of creation requires light to exist. And he says that light is him. 
I am the light of the world. <laughs> and then he said, I am the door. I am the door. You see, there are many people even now who say there are many different paths to God. There's many different names to God. You can call him whatever you want. You can take whatever religion. You can take whatever way you want to get to God. And Jesus said, there is only one way to God the Father through him. He said, I am the door, the only door. The only way is through Jesus to know the one that created us. And he's an open door. He opens the doors that were, you know, it seemed like a dark corner in our lives and he opens it and light streams in. He's the only way we can know ourselves by going through Jesus, by living in Jesus. We can have a relationship with Creator, the one who created us, only by knowing the God that created us, can we know why we were created? What is our purpose? What is our life purpose? And what is our destiny? Only in Jesus, his I am the only way. I am the door. And he says, I am the good shepherd. <clears throat> in a world now that we live in, so many people are just after looking after themselves, you know, look after the ones that we love. But Jesus says that he is your good shepherd, the one who will chase away wolves from your midst, the one who walks with you. He doesn't just point the way and say, that's the destination, go. He walks with us every step of the way. He gathers us together, makes us a family, and he walks with us. He makes a path before us. He clears the debris and before us. I am the good shepherd. And then he said this one. I am the resurrection and the life. Not I will be resurrected. Not I will come back alive again and you'll celebrate it with, Christmas, with Easter and chocolate. I am the resurrection. I am the life. There's a man named Lazarus. He was dead for four days. His sisters were crying at the funeral. His sister said to Jesus, I believe Jesus, you know, in heaven, that one day he'll be resurrected again. I'll see my brother again. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And anyone who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Even though he dies, he will live. Do you believe this? And then because words are cheap, he pointed at the tomb and he called Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus walked out of the grave, out from death, still wrapped in his grave clothes. Words of Jesus are not cheap. His words have power to make things that were dead come back to life, to a new life. His words are our resurrection in our life, not dependent on how we feel. It didn't matter if Lazarus was enjoying the lie down. The man was dead and Jesus called his name and he came back to life. This faith in Jesus, Jesus saying who he is, is a truth. 
It's the rock. It's our foundation we stand on. It's not dependent on whether we feel him close or not. It is what we believe to be the truth. His claims are outrageous. I am your bread. I am the life. I am the resurrection. I am the only way. And then he said this one. At a Jewish festival where they celebrated water, seven days of it, at the very climax of the festival where they're talking about God providing water in the desert for them, Jesus stands up to the crowd and he says, If anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink and they'll never be thirsty again. And I'll put life-giving springs of water that come from inside them and flow out of them. And he was talking about the Spirit of God. If we believe in Jesus, then he puts the Spirit of God inside us. Jesus, it's not the same as when I say to you, I wish I could come to your graduation, but I'll be there in spirit. That means I'll be at my house, but occasionally I'll think of you. When Jesus says his spirit is with us, his spirit is within us, makes his home inside us. God isn't far away and separated and distant anymore. If we come to Jesus, he'll put the spirit of God inside us. When Jesus said this, the Bible says the people were divided. Some said, surely this man is a prophet. And others said, maybe he's the Messiah, the Saviour. And others said, how can he be? He's just a man from Galilee. And the people were divided. And 2,000 years later, <laughs> the people are still divided. But we all must answer this question. Jesus never claimed to be a moral teacher, a best-selling author, an inspirational teacher, a man of inspirational sayings. Jesus claimed that he is God, that living in him is the only way we can have life and be sustained. He's the forgiver of our sins, the quencher of the thirst that we have in our spirits. This question of Jesus, who do you say I am? I want to put that towards you today. If you have, you know, I'm not sure why you've come today. Maybe you're on holiday and you're staying with people and they said, if you want to stay at my house, you have to come to church. Or maybe you heard there was a free dinner and it's going to be a fantastic dinner and it is indeed free. But whatever brought you here today, I want to invite you to answer that question. Who do you say that Jesus is? Even though you might already know a Christian, in spite of that, maybe you work with one or you have one in your family. Because what we celebrate today at Easter, Jesus' resurrection, being a Christian is not dependent on the behavior of other Christians. It's dependent on Jesus who rose from the dead today.
just going to hear from Joanna. She's answered that question, who do you say I am? Hey, if you don't know me, I'm Jo, and um, it's an honor to talk to you tonight. I was baptized as a baby, and I grew up in the Catholic Church, attending every Sunday, and also going to St. Joseph's School all of my education. I had all this religious, biblical knowledge in my head of who Christ was, but none in my heart. And I knew the Ten Commandments, I assumed I was going to heaven, and I would recite all the Catholic creeds off by heart. And in fact, I was quite proud of how much I knew, like I would almost show off about it. Yet I had no revelation from God and I had no concept of grace. I felt a lot of rejection growing up and I didn't fit in anywhere. And my father was a very angry and abusive man and my mum left my dad when I was very young. And because I never had a dad, to block out the pain, I would pretend that I didn't care about anything. And at age 13, I started to develop all this anger inside me and it was really ugly. And I would take it out on everyone, especially my mum, who I know loved me more than anything in this world, but it seemed that I blocked out not only the hurt, but her love as well. I felt like I was turning into my father, and after a while I could see the pain that I was causing so many people with my attitude that I honestly didn't know how to handle it, so instead of taking my anger out of others, I took it out on myself. Self-harm. I hated myself, I had really bad anxiety, and I would get heart palpitations and panic attacks, I was depressed, and I was increasingly numb, and I was my own worst enemy. And eventually I was actually suspended from school for being a danger to other students. And I had to go through numerous counseling sessions. I lost my grandpa to skin cancer and my partner of six years tried to kill himself over something that I had done. And in this time, I fell into the wrong crowd. And after losing my grandpa, I began to take drugs. I was drinking a lot, I shut out the world and my family had no idea what I was going through. And I became one of the best fakers on planet earth. <laughs> Inside, I was completely dead, and I was a horrible person. I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of in that time. And the way that I was acting was a quick road to prison. I knew better, but I just didn't care. I hated myself, and I didn't care what happened to me. And in this self-destructive place, I met my now husband, Aaron. He was some kind of good-looking, smooth talker, the type that I don't normally go for. But there was something different about him, and it was almost like we had a similar way of thinking. Aaron and I started to hang out and got onto the topic of God. And he said things like, you can know God and you can have a relationship with Jesus and that God is coming back for his people. And I was like, what? I honestly had never heard that before. I never really understood that God created, loves me and sent his son to die for me and that I can have a personal relationship with Jesus. I knew about God, but I didn't know him. I knew Jesus was a historical figure, a man that I used to stare at on a cross every Sunday, and I never understood the significance of what he did for me or that I could actually get to know him, and I didn't realize Christ was alive today. I believed in God, but I thought everyone would just go to heaven and sort of live as they pleased. And one night I remember getting home and Aaron was there and he said some very sobering words to me. He said, Joe, you're scaring me. You might end up in a lot of trouble with everything that you do, you're crazy and I'm worried about you. And I was like, he's worried about me, he actually cares about me, this guy that I haven't even known for two weeks. He gave me a glimmer of hope and I started to question everything, what I believed in, the religion that I had followed for so long, everything that I have ever known. If Jesus was real and if he loved me and died for me, I wanted to know him. I became hungry for the word of God and from that moment I began speaking to God renewing my mind and chasing after the things of his kingdom. I started volunteering at the Christian bookshop, 
watching preaching DVDs. I was just like a sponge. I just wanted to absorb everything about God. I would even, my mum will vouch for this. I used to quiz her about her faith and <laughs> we'd have a few arguments about it. I learned that I could pray out loud over people from my heart and not have to have a priest present. And I could actually repent to God through Jesus himself and that the Bible was more than just a storybook but it was a personal love letter and guide for my life from the creator of the universe that I'm actually supposed to apply in everyday situations. I had to separate myself from my old friends and my old ways and not being around them helped me. I quit drugs, I never touched them again. And um, yeah, as well as all the other bad things that I was doing. I know God loves me and it's not about me, it's about him. My identity is in Jesus Christ and through him, I am made perfect before God. I am created in his image, I am loved, and it doesn't matter how other people see me, what matters is how God sees me. And I left my self-hatred at the cross with Christ and I started loving myself because he loves me. And I am worthy and I can be forgiven. Jesus, this precious gift from God, died in my place that I may have life. And even though at times I feel so unworthy, like even just to be standing up here, that Christ, the perfect son of God, died in my place, it really helps keep me humble. Jesus taught me to love myself. I can walk in confidence every day of my life, knowing that the creator of heaven and earth loves me and that I'm important to him. And his love and overwhelming grace is so powerful that it changed my life. He breathes life and peace into me. And when I'm at the end of my rope, God meets me there every single time. And when the world says that I am worthless and I am unworthy, he says, daughter, you are loved. I've called you and you have purpose. Give it to me and I'll turn your mess into something beautiful. If you don't know me, music is a huge part of my life and it's helped me to express myself. And I wrote this song last year when things looked like they were never going to get better for me and I didn't know what to do. I couldn't do anything right and I saw no way out of my pain and I opened my Bible and I cried out to God and this was the prayer of my heart. speak Lord my words are not enough I'm digging myself deeper into this grave move for me when I am stuck show me what to do I can do nothing apart from you teach me how to move Lord show me how to move for me when I have nothing left to prove I cannot do anything my life is in your hands I surrender all so you do all I can sometimes these collisions seem impossible I try to do it myself I remember to cast my worries on the one who loves me most. In your presence, I have nothing left to fear. 
to say, Lord Jesus, fill my mouth with words. I would rather I see than be heard. I cannot say anything. It all comes out wrong. Please take this all from me before I fall apart. Help me in all I do, Lord God. Guide me in your ways. So help me walk with you all of my days. This very thing I'm fighting for, I give it all to you. And I wait in your unchanging grace. Take it all from me, Lord Jesus. My life is in your hands. Victorious King, Lord of Lords. When all looks lost, I will walk by faith and lay my life down at the cross. Thanks so much for sharing that joy. It's so good to hear somebody's testimony as they've come to believe and answer that question, who do you say I am? See, we declare, we believe, we answer that question with, we believe that Jesus is God, that God became a man in every way like us except in sin, and that he allowed himself to be put to death by the Romans on the cross to make a way, to take away our sin, our guilt, our shame, that we could be reconciled to God, that we might know who we are and know the God that created us that we become adopted into his family, that God is our Father and the blood that Jesus shed on the cross that now runs in our veins, we're part of his family. This is what we believe, that Jesus is who he said he is, that those outrageous claims he made are true. And we can't believe those things and keep them like a picture on the wall in the bathroom. We believe them and it impacts every part of our lives. It changes the way that we live. We forgive people who hurt us quickly and completely because that's who Jesus is. We love those who are unlovable because that's who Jesus is. We love his church because that's his very body. That's who Jesus is. We declare that he is alive. He didn't stay on the cross. He rose again three days, three days later. And we believe that he's our Lord and Savior and we lay our lives down for him. The Bible says it's no longer I who live. Jesus lives in me. We no longer live for our own ambitions, our own desires, our own will, our own agendas, what we want for our kids and what we want for ourselves. And we live for Jesus. Can I get you to stand? We're going to sing through a few times uh, just the bridge of this song. I want to give you a chance to declare your answer. Who do we say this man Jesus is? We believe 
that he is who he says it is, he is. We believe he has no equal, he has no rival. Death could not hold him down. Nothing can hold him back in your life, in the world, from fulfilling his will. And it's not about feelings. It doesn't matter if you feel something or you don't. His word is true. He is the way, the truth, the life, the bread of your life, the breath. He's our everything. We celebrate today that he is alive. He has no equal. He has no rival. Let's sing through this song.